When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Pull Up Trey podcast. That's any podcast with Trey and I, we just call Pull Up Trey. Sometimes we have guests. Seems like that's most of the podcast now. Trey and I, it's no longer Trey pulling up. It's I think it's Samson pulling up with Trey since he's the he's the new podcast host for however long. Trey, I told you I don't do the short intros, man. I go long on them. We were saying the other day. Um, no, that's uh, verboseness, which isn't a talent at all. But we're joined by, as I like to call him, the patron saint of basketball in our little circle, Curly whatever you want to call him. That's his name. Let's go, Curly. How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. Appreciate the intro, you know, and not giving them my full government name. So, you know, shout out to you for that. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't have the govy. Can't have the govy. Um, first thing we want to talk about with it. Trey, how are you doing? Good? I'm doing good. I'm minutes away from watching Barbie. So I'm itching, itching with excitement. What's what's uh, your connection to Barbie? Anything at all? Um, making my girlfriend happy. That's, okay. that's my connection. <laughs> that's 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 Kennergy, as I as I hear. That's Kennergy right there. Um, okay, let's talk about Kennergy. Guys who are supposed to support the stars, Barbie being the star, Ken being the accessory, etc. Bench players, something we haven't talked about yet. The Raptors, I think hearing from most people are expected to have a better bench this upcoming season than they have had the past couple seasons, a benefit of kind of reshuffling things. Dennis Schroeder, Grady Dick, Otto Porter Jr.'s back healthy. Jalen McDaniels, maybe he hits, maybe he doesn't. Precious Achua, maybe he hits, maybe he doesn't. Christian Coloco, another year. Uh, Chris Boucher, who has been, you know, a very good bench player um, for some time, maybe, you know, dwindling with his role on the team. We'll see. But that's kind of what we're here to talk about today, the bench. Um, decent players could put some decent lineups together, especially with, you know, the staggered stuff with the starters. But I kind of wanted to ask you guys, six through ten, five guys, who from one through five, six through ten, whichever, this probably sounds confusing as hell to the listener. I'm so <laughs> sorry. But who do you think gets the most minutes off the bench and and why? And Trey, I'm going to start with you. So kind. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming under this assumption, we're assuming no point guard lineup, correct? Yeah. Okay. Then um, Den- Dennis Schroeder for for sure. It's the biggest change of pace for the team having an actual point guard on the on the floor. He has the ability to add add stuff that they that lineup won't have at the point of attack just by how quick he is, and he has the ability to to get to the rim whether he finishes that basket or not. The, the amount of rim pressure that he does provide, he's able to make those very simple passes to 
the athletic cutters that the Raptors will have in lineups with him, like OG, Pascal, Scotty, and help benefit them in, in general. So I would say he's he's probably closing a lot more games than um, I think most people are anticipating. Closing? Yes, I guess, I, I guess, yeah, if if he has a good year of point of attack defense, if he shoots the ball, like the catch and stuff, the catch and shoot stuff works out decently well. I guess that can come around. Yeah. I, I do think even without the closing stuff, I think that he'll probably get the most minutes, maybe not by the end of the year, as we talked about on another yeah. podcast, you know, there's a chance that Grady kind of zooms up there. I talked to the, the world's largest precious Achua fan today and he said his expectation was, or what he wanted, was 25 minutes per game above all else. Um, there's some potential for a couple guys to leapfrog Dennis into that sixth man role or you know sixth starter role, whatever it might be. I, I expect they might have a fluid starting lineup depending on some matchups. But yeah, that's that's interesting. Curly, is it the same for you? Yeah, that would be my lean um, just because of how the season went without or last couple of seasons have went without a backup point guard. And we essentially ran our starting point guard to Houston. Obviously we would not be paying him that kind of money, but one would definitely imagine that if he was going to take less money and that's Fred is the situation going to be favorable. And I imagine that some of that played a, a factor, but I think the response from losing Fred, you have to play Dennis. And I think that it would certainly be better than having Thad playing point forward and maybe putting some playmaking in, you know, potentially Grady Dick's hand, which he has shown flashes of, but, you know, full-time responsibility, not so much. I think as a six-man, Dennis would definitely strive with us. I think Grady, Otto, Precious will all benefit from less ball-handling responsibility. So that would be my lean as well. Yeah. As the third guy here, I'll step in and say, yes, I expect Dennis to be number one. That's a pretty easy one. I think number two can go like three different ways. If Otto has a healthy season, we might see a lot of Otto because he will help out on the glass and shoot the three and like defend positionally, sound positional defense. And that's a guy who plays a lot of minutes on like a number of teams. Um The Grady Dick could scale upwards and have like a really good rookie season, play himself into a lot of minutes. Precious Achua hasn't played less than 20 minutes per game. I think it was like 24 and 21 the past two seasons. That's a meaningful chunk. That's like seventh man minutes on some teams. Who do you think, Curly, we'll start with you, gets the second most minutes off of the bench between, you know, the hubbub of guys? I think it would have to be Precious. I think what he offers in terms of versatility kind of fits the vision, quote unquote, even though, you know, I'm wishing the vision would go away. But Precious kind of embodies that in a similar fashion like Pascal and Scotty. And also it's a contract year for him. We've seen flashes of of greatness from him in the sense that he was a knockdown shooter at times. He's able to finish in transition he's able to be effective in the half court i think you want to see and, and you've referenced the same with trey like he, he has a lot of potential and i think with you know these funky lineups you know to steal your line that uh 
Samson that we're going to see potentially, I think he kind of fits that vision and kind of falls right in with that. But because of his athleticism, the versatility, I would I would prefer him to play less of a big man role, even though we've seen him excel in that going against, you know, the likes of Joel Embiid. But I think that in order to see what you have in Precious, you got to give him the the second most minutes coming off the bench just to see what he's about and to see if he's going to live up to what we've seen flashes of. Yeah, I think you it behooves the Raptors to try and give the high potential guys a shot at making their, you know, their bones kind of in the league, seeing how they develop. And Precious had a really weird year last season, yeah. um, like public openly public criticism from Nick Nurse. Some of it, I guess, deserved. Some of it, I really didn't think so. Weird, like deployed in weird scenarios, weird role changes was, you know, put in a lot of different spots. And on his own end, didn't play as well as he should have, could have, etc. Especially given what we've seen from them or from him as far as like the potential. As you said, having a stretch as a knockdown shooter Having a stretch as like a two through four definitively defender and a guy who can on a late switch definitely stick with the one for a bit and a guy who on, you know, the early parts of shot clocks or when they're kind of shading the post entry pass can hang with a five, a guy who can rotate to the front of the rim to defend like that kind of stuff is really it's not whole wholly unique in the league, but it is pretty unique and it's valuable. And he also is one of the better athletes in the whole of the NBA when you factor in like balance, strength, explosion, leaping ability. It's just like a lot to look at, a lot to deal with. And the Raptors, their best case scenario is if, you know, because they do have a clogged front court, if they look at it in the middle of the year and Precious has emerged as like the de facto guy behind Jakob, like outside of Pascal and Scotty, of course, that would be immense. That would be a big deal for his career. That would be a big deal for the Raptors' future, I think. Even though I know some people are bigger believers in Coloco, who is, I think, six or seven months younger, despite having, I think, well, like three years less time in the league. Um, Trey, thoughts on Precious? Do you think he's the number two? No, I, I don't think he's the number two, just simply because of how hard it is to fit him with the forwards that are currently on the team. Um. The big swing is if he's going to be able to shoot well. And um, the, the I think the disadvantages that he has is his willingness to do a lot of the little things that are going to allow him to play, like being a more active cutter, um, sitting in the dunker spot more, making the right roll path on a lot of these possessions. With the Raptors, they're going to have such finite space. And when I mean finite, I mean this, this much space. He's going to have to be able to use that space very efficiently to stay on the floor with a Jakob or a Pascal and um, succeed in, in that. So I, I assume if the path is that they're going to keep those two, that this jumbo lineup together, that his minutes will be lower. I, so I have a question. Obviously, the roll path stuff, I agree with wholeheartedly. What do you think of Precious as a cutter? I, I think he's a good cutter. I don't think he does it enough. I, I think for someone who is the most athletic player on the team, he sure. spots up far too much. Sure. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, he shows you cutting is similar to a lot of his other skills. Like yeah. he'll show you some preternatural cutting where 
he'll make like a really brilliant same side cut or something and he'll like the the seas part and it's all of a sudden it's precious coming through sometimes from the top down yeah and you're like wow that was extremely well timed but then as you say like sometimes there's listlessness in his approach on both ends who who is your number two then my number two is chris boucher just simply because of his fluidity within all of the lineups that the Raptors can play. He has the ability to play with all the, all the bigs on the team. One, because he, he, although a streaky shooter, he does have the ability to, to hit threes and space out. He is a very good cutter as well, who can work off both Jakob and Pascal, who are good passers. And um, in the pick and roll as well, he's one of the best rollers on the team. So he offers that same ability to do a lot of the, the, the small stuff and succeed. He can play with Precious. He can play with Pascal. He can play with Jakob. So it's much easier to maintain this large lineup that the Raptors are aiming for and also um, have somebody that can offer some sort of, some sort of spacing and um, creativity in the small space that they are going to be operating in. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good point. I, I think I disagree not yeah. not on the, you know the attributes that you listed, I but direction. I but I think that um, I think that Boucher is one of the guys who is going to be marginalized a little bit this season with the quad front court. Like he he won't be prioritized. I think even currently and into the future, um, there's like trade. It, it's definitely yeah, on the table. True. But um, number eight, I guess I'll start with this one. My hope. Um, is that it would be Grady Dick. My gut, well, okay, so there's two things that could happen. If Grady has a good season, it could end up being Grady. Let's say we're doing at the end of 82 games, you look at the minutes per game, then maybe it could be Grady across like 70 games or something like that. But there's a real chance that it isn't Grady, that it is instead Otto Porter Jr. And I think I'll lean towards Otto having a healthy year. There's he won't have to play massive. Like there's going to be a lot of guys on the Raptors doing a lot of the banging and bashing in the front court. Otto should be able to play a little bit healthier, and he's a guy who just for like what ten years has been shooting forty percent from downtown and helping a lot of lineups rebound and defend better. And while not like an insanely good passer, makes okay reads. You can use him as like a little dribble handoff guy in a pinch. He sets off ball screens. He cuts well. I just, there's a lot of utility there. And if he's healthy, and that's like the the dice roll that I'm currently going with, I think that it'll be, he'll be like too good to pass up minutes on. And we were about to see that last year, but then his toe went missing and then he just wasn't around. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll go with Otto. Uh, Trey, we'll throw it back to you for your thoughts on eight. Eight, I'm, I'm saying Grady. I think they'll with the I think where me and you probably differ, I think with the bigs, they will emphasize trying to win. With with the wing guard lineups, I think there'll be concessions with giving Grady more minutes compared to to Otto. Um Otto's end of uh, last year was his deal. He's hasn't been very reliable. That one Golden State season has been the only time he's been healthy in five plus seasons. Yeah. With Grady, I'm I'm very with Grady, I'm very bullish on the Raptors being able to support him defensively enough where his shooting is just too good not to play him. He is able to keep the same um, jumbo lineups with his size and his ability to 
move off of the ball will help actually create rotations for the Raptors. In, a, in many lineups, they're going to have difficulty with that. And he's able to pass out of a lot of these side actions that's going to ignite Jakob, Scotty, Pascal, Boucher when they're they're diving to the rim. So I think in terms of what Darko, based on everything we've heard, and the, the movement and creativity that you want out of a lot of these actions, I think Grady's going to be able to, if he shoots, shoots like he did in college, he's going to be able to create more chaos in a lot of the actions that Darko's going, going to call then, say, a Jeff Doughton or a Dennis Schroeder or Otto Porter, for example, who's mostly a standstill guy. Okay, quick question for the fellas. Otto played eight games as a Raptor. How many minutes do we think he played last season total? I'm going to say 19. 19 minutes in eight oh, games? Oh, per game, per game. Uh, I'm going to say eight games. I know he got injured. Eight games at 19 minutes? Yeah. Okay, that would be, what would that be, 152? Sure. Okay, 152, Curly, thoughts? Taking the under on that one. I'm going to peg him around maybe 14. 14 minutes per game? Yeah. Okay, so Trey, you got within six. He played 146 minutes total, and then eight times 14. Pretty close, both of you, to be quite honest with you. But um, yeah, it's uh, not a lot of minutes. Curly, in the auto versus Grady, are you taking either of them, or do you have a wild card coming in at eight? Either would be my lean, but I think I'm going to tip the scale and go auto just for the sake of stability because you have such so many young players that you're trying to see what their potential is and what their ceiling is to an extent you want to offer some stability some connector pieces some glue guys and i think that auto kind of fills that void while i'm not opposed to giving grady uh, those minutes i think that it should be a slow roll i think we've learned that you know not saying that grady's on scotty's level but we put a or the organization put all their eggs in one basket and Scotty after one great season and he kind of plateaued a little bit. Numbers were very similar, but he plateaued because we expected him to solve all our problems. And while Grady can offer a lot of what we struggled with over the last two seasons, I think that's an immense amount of pressure to put in to somebody that needs to get climatized to the NBA, figure out his role, figure out his game, figure out his impact. So I imagine that it'll be more of a slow role with some with Grady. So I think with Otto, you hope that he can stay healthy, potentially boost his trade value that you might be able to flip him for, sure. uh, right? To, to a contender that's going on a run. We don't know what the situation is for the Raptors, so he might be able to help a team going uh, going for a strong finish and going into the playoffs. So that would be my hope. While, again, not opposed to Grady, I think I'm going to go with Otto here. I think all of us here would rather, like if it turns out that Grady plays more, that's a better outcome, yeah. I think, for everybody here. Like if, And I think it's healthiest to to do a mix of these things, right? Where it's like maybe Otto has the position at the start of the year and then Grady is better than Otto. You know, like that's, I think that's where you could have it both ways where Otto plays pretty well, he's healthy. Grady is a compelling guy. Then the Raptors can trade, not necessarily from a point of strength, but it means that Otto still has value at the trade deadline, for example, and that Grady is not just, you know, being given a role and placated, but has like earned a role and found his way into minutes because he's beating guys out rather than it's just like 
he's a 13th overall pick. We've got to play him. That's a, that's a pretty happy medium, I think, between those two. Number nine, I'll start with, uh, we'll start with Trey on this one. This is where it starts like a wide range. I think we I can think start th- saying different names. This is my walk. My wild card's Christian Coloco. Huh? I I think um, with him, there's it's very easy to imagine his role where he's going to be slotted in. They're back up five. Wait. Is- so Coloco gets more minutes than Precious this year. That's what I told you yesterday. I'm just I'm just like making sure. Yep. Okay. Um, I think he's going to play the majority of their backup five minutes. The lineups that he he did play with the Raptors bowled well, and I and I think with what we've seen with Scotty, if they're going to give him the ball more, I'm assuming it's going to be on the the bench lineups. And he defensively, in order for that to hold up, I think you need to have a lot more size behind him because in the point of attack. He's probably underwhelmed from what we saw or from the reputation from FSU. So you keep that size behind him, an active roller, and ideally he finishes a lot more of these dunks. I think there's a e- it's easy to imagine Coloco getting getting minutes due to his size and the only person other than Jakob with that size profile to keep those lineups. That's – yep, that's, that's fair. I get it. I think um, <laughs> I'll answer the same. But it's just it's different because I yeah. I'm you're swapping, I guess, uh, Precious and Coloco. I'm swapping yeah. Coloco and Boucher. I I would expect Coloco as well. Um, not that I think Boucher isn't good, just that I don't know how the politics of the team are going to affect his game and all that kind of stuff. We'll see. I'm glad we have divergent thoughts on this, but um, Coloco for a lot of the same reasons that you just listed. I talked about him quite a bit with Kenyon and we had a like I think a good 12 15 minute conversation about Coloco and just he's a really special young defender and I think like that's really worth having and looking at the offensive stuff is so far behind right now that I on a team that's going to have trouble they might look at the lineup data and say you know the starting lineup that we're looking at with Pirtle you take Pirtle out you put Coloco in and that lineup was like one a ton 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 of minutes last season and that's good if a guy is winning minutes you know at least you're looking for correlation for good things instead of correlation for bad things and what happened with Coloco on the floor is like they defended the hell out of the rim they caused a lot of turnovers and they rebounded 40 percent of their own misses how much of that you know is stable how much of that is something that they can recreate I'm not sure but I think that Coloco will give them good enough returns defensively. And, you know, is on they 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 look at him as a part of the future, not necessarily like, hey, he's part of the core, but a guy they're interested in developing. Um, he's also like a great young guy. The organization loves him. He's a sponge. He learns a ton. And um, yeah, I'd go with him for number nine. Actually, what the hell am I talking about? If I just picked Otto. <laughs> Grady is nine for me, by the way. Oh. Coloco is my 10. Sorry. Okay. Coloco's, I got caught up in, I don't know what I'm doing with you. Today, so Boucher's but. out of the rotation, essentially. I think that they could play 11. Just wow. 11 or, and I think that they're going to see who hits. And I think mm. that we're going to see a lot of interesting, like did not play coaches decisions in the early part of the season. Yeah. Like maybe Jalen gets into some games and plays 18 minutes 
maybe the next game is zero. The same thing could happen with Boucher, for example. But yes, everybody just listen to that. Grady is my nine. Coloco is my 10, uh, just as a heads up. But Grady, basically, I think that he makes great reads as a connective passer. I think that, as Trey mentioned, he's going to be protected by a lot of the lineups defensively. And it's going to be a guy who, you know, shoots the hell out of the ball. If he steps into the league, shoots it well, um, he could go from nine all the way up to like seven. He could he could make a really compelling case for minutes, and his size should help disguise him on the the defensive side of the floor as well. Curly, I know I did my nine and ten, but we're at nine for you. What do you got? Yeah, I got Grady. You know, I think it's pretty easy. You know, he's a lottery pick. Like I said, he, he provides a lot of things that we desperately need: off ball shooting, a player that has the ability to come off the screens. Um, you know play in the mid-range area, also be that connective passer for guys like Precious that might be out in transition. Same with Dennis, McDaniels, whomever. He he makes a lot of great reads, and, and we saw a little bit of everything from him in the summer league, and he just doesn't excel at just shooting. He does everything. Rebounds. He competes on the defensive end. He's not clamping anybody up, but again, you know, he's going to be protected, and just by his effort alone, I think he can – maybe be just as an average defender, but offensively is what we struggled with over the last couple of seasons. And he'll give us a huge boost coming off the bench. So I think that's easy at nine. Okay. Um, That's at nine. We're at 10. I've given my 10 curly. Let's get your 10. Then let's get trays. Oh, I was going to go with Coloco as well. Um, You know, for the exact reason that you guys mentioned, I think he's an intriguing player. I, I wasn't particularly high on him going, uh, Going into that draft, I thought that we should have held on to that pick. But seeing that he is here, he does offer things that we can benefit from, you know, especially on the defensive end. Um, I'm hoping that his hands will be a little bit more pillowy than cement blocky and and be able to finish on a consistent basis and in the darker spot because there was a lot of opportunities for him. And, you know, whether it was nerves, whether uh, he was thinking too much, whether he lost track of the defense, whatever. He just didn't seem comfortable. And I think with the pieces around him, and I think with the players that we have now for the time being, I think he'll greatly benefit. And also, he was drafted in a need, and I think there's a little less pressure on him. So I think that comfort will definitely benefit him in going into year two. So I like Coloco at 10. Okay. Trey, give us 10, brother. My 10 is going to be precious. Um I'm probably lower on his minutes than, than the others, just simply for a few of the reasons that everyone's already said. I think his skill set would excel on other teams that had more open space where him spotting up isn't as big of a deal. But with but with the current team, if he's I think the pathway for him to get more minutes is if he mimics more of the vertical spacing type bigs that we see in the league, like a, a Robert Williams, for example. If he figures out how to roll properly, extend the the court by actually jumping vertically and catching lobs, which from Scotty, from from Jeff, it would, I think, change his change his career. I think it, it gives you more onus for to to start him and to allow the defense to allow the defense to be worth it. He has to be not terrible on offense. I um, we disagree on Precious for sure. That's like a 
if Precious is the tenth man, I'm kind of depressed about that. I, like, I got to be honest with you. I think I, but the people know I quite like Precious's game. Oh, yep. yeah. Just food for thought. Okay, so it seems we're all in agreement. Just to quickly do this on like you know Jalen McDaniels and you know I like Chris Boucher for Curly and I. I think it comes down to a lot of it is like how you shoot the ball. And and maybe Chris Boucher is, you know, staunchly in the rotation and like you're fine with that. And it definitely could end up that way. And maybe it's Otto Porter Jr. who falls back a bit, or maybe it's Grady who falls back a bit. You know, maybe maybe for Curly and I it's precious, but I think just comfortably like Boucher, Jalen McDaniels. We'll see. The other thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, Jeff Delton signs a contract, the camp deal that guarantees for I believe nine hundred thousand dollars. If he's still on the team, October 21st, it's zero otherwise, just as a heads up. He's been working out with the Raptors for months, had a surgery, coming back from it. This is why I wanted him to get signed at the end of last season, not necessarily to a big deal, but signed through the rest of the season so he could actually make a little cash and it wouldn't have hurt the team at all. But hey, soup to nuts. Um, (laughs) But Jeff is competing for a roster spot. Three guys are on two ways. We have Javon Freeman-Liberty, who I know all of us took a cursory glance at some highlights. Um, I'm not sure that many people were watching, you know, like the G League stuff. Like, how did he score 17.6 points per game? Let me dive in. Um, I watched two of them, and Trey and I had the, you know, the lucky we were in Vegas to watch him play against the Raptors. A lot of transition stuff, not that much creation in that game, though he did go on to create a lot in the rest of the summer league. I think he was the eighth leading scorer of all the players who played. And we have Ron Harper Jr. And we have Marquise Noel. I would like, not necessarily to discuss all three, but who do you think gets the most NBA minutes out of the four players we just listed? Trey, we'll start with you. I think Marquise Noel. He, I, I think, I was very impressed with the Summer League. Although you saw some limitations with his size, he offers a level of, of playmaking, which I think is interesting with the amount of um, athletic players that the Raptors have on their team. And if his shot translates how it did in March in March Madness, then he's much more playable. He competes really hard on the, at the point of attack. He's, he's that bulldog type that creates turnovers as well. So I, I wouldn't, if I were to guess on games, I think he plays more than five. More than five. Um, Curly, who are you? Uh, who are you thinking of? Uh, I was torn between Marquise, you know, because he's representing for the Short Kings out here. Um, but I, I think I'm going to go with Doughton just because of what we've seen from him in small order. I think he offers, you know, similar to what Shorter offers, just a little bit younger. That stability, that defense at that point of attack. And he's shown the ability to not only create for others, but for create, creating for himself, you know, getting into the mid-range, getting into the paint. And I'm going to go with any player that's going to offer us some sort of offensive upside. Do I think he's you going know, to turn into Lou Williams? No, obviously not. But I think he does just enough where he can be impactful. So that would be my lean in terms of getting more NBA minutes right now. Though I do think Marquise would be nipping at the heels just because of his playmaking alone, what we can greatly benefit from. Just something, some like cannon fodder for the listener. So Marquise in that 
run to the Elite Eight, right? He he averaged 23.5 points across the four tournament games and over 13 assists. Like just one of the best tournament runs we've ever seen. He And he had that 19 assist game that everybody is well aware of. He had a good summer league. Tough guys to play with, to be quite honest with you. Like the bigs weren't stellar. The Raptors had a pretty weak front court at summer league. And yeah, he was great. I do think, however, that Javon is going to be the guy who gets the most minutes like with with the big league. I think he shot the ball really well over like a few years. And his last year in college was pretty good. Um, DePaul, I believe. And on top of that, like has the most, I know Jeff is pretty athletic and especially so at the point of attack defensively. But uh, Javon, I think, has like the best first step. He has a capable handle. He shoots the ball pretty well as far as like catch and shoot stuff. And it's it's not the easiest answer. I think Jeff is like the easy you fall back on it answer. But I'm not sure what happens with Jeff. Although I like Jeff a lot. I think he's an NBA level guard. I just think that Javon might be as well too. And um, he's going to require less of the ball than Jeff would. And he's got a little bit more, I guess, acumen off ball than Jeff across like the G League stuff. Um, even though Jeff probably has a better impact as a G League player. We're talking about guys like that in the periphery, how they fit on the team. And I think Javon may very well. Would be very cool to see Ron. Would be very cool to see Marquise. Would be cool for any of these guys, actually. When you're coming in, trying to get into the league from the back end, um, you just you just hope guys have a good time of it. And you hope that they get as much money as possible. And you hope that their you know their health is good throughout. Um, Curly, last thing I want to do before we get out of here, uh, your overall thoughts on summer league, and uh, yeah, then we'll then we'll bounce. I think summer league overall was entertaining. I think from a Raptors perspective, it was kind of depressing, <laughs> just in the sense that our developmental pool ha- has been drying up after the championship run. And, you know, with two-way guys like Marquise, like Javon, and even Ron, you you kind of see them tweaking a little bit, kind of leaning in a different direction rather than taking on a bunch of projects at once. I think Javon is definitely intriguing. We, we saw what he did to us. I think he's a tremendous athlete, has a lot of upside. Um, not a lot of half-court creation, like you said, but in terms of transition and catch-and-shoot stuff, again, all things that we can benefit from. Jeff, you know, just my guy. Um, I, I do see Javon kind of leapfrogging him as well and potentially Marquise uh, just because of the NCAA performance in, in terms of Marquise. And, his effectiveness to make something out of nothing is very, very intriguing. Um, but I think the Raptors look like they just put a bunch of guys together and say, okay, let's, let's figure it out. But what was great about summer league was we got to see Grady do a lot more than just shooting. We got to see Marquise, you know, while it was a struggle, he battled throughout and he didn't put his head down once. And we also saw, Joe Wies can't make an appearance that I didn't expect at all. So that was uh, awfully surprising. And I think it kind of gives us a glimpse as to where we are as an organization from a developmental front and how much more work we need to we need to put on that front. But with intriguing pieces like Precious, like Grady, like Coloco, you can see that we're starting to replenish uh, slowly. So I have 
uh, a little bit more hope going into the future now than I did going into summer league. I think that the 905 are set up to have one of their one of their better years of the past couple of years, I think. Definitely. Um, Javon and Marquise in particular, I think will create one of the better backcourts in the G League. Um, they traded their one of their first round picks for Mohamedou Goy. Got Guy, sorry, not Goy. Mohamedou Guy. And um, of the frontcourt players, I know he didn't put up the biggest stats, but I thought that he was the most effective at Summer League. Um, clearly, they liked his game as well, too. And so I think the 905, like their backcourt situation slash wing situation will be pretty strong. Like maybe Marcel will be there as well. Um, I don't know what's happening with RJ Nembhard, but um, they should be in an okay spot. The front court has to be figured out a little bit. But as, as we know, like Coloco would have been a G League guy last year for some games, but, you know, spent a decent amount of time up with the big club. Uh, they have a bunch of picks there after next year. They'll have everything again. Um, except one second rounder, I believe. So, yeah, if the prospect pool needs to kind of be, you need to ante up and lean more into that, I think they should be in a position to do so going into the future. Guys, any parting shots before we get out of, get out of here? Trey, we'll start with you first. Um, first, thank you, Curly, for gracing us with your presence. And um, overall, I just think I'm fairly like content with how this offseason has, has gone. They've added, they've shown everything I, I pretty much wanted. It looks like they're leading in a, their, a direction or whether they've been forced with Fred leaving, that there's going to be more younger guys getting minutes this season and they're going to play a style of basketball that leans more to the modern NBA, whether they can shoot or not. So I'm, I'm happy that the direction that things are, are going. And I think the bench overall will be much better than the last couple of seasons. I think something you note is like important is that, and this is some of the, I've seen feedback from some more optimistic fans, some more optimistic analysts is like, well, you know, a lot of people are harping on what this team will do poorly and they will do some things very poorly. But truthfully, like Fred leaving, you would have hoped to get something back for Fred, of course. Some people probably hoped that Fred would have stayed, but the Raptors didn't turn from like a really good team into a flawed team. They were a flawed team before Fred left, and they're a flawed team now. And, you know, it's been years building up to get the team to this point. And, um, but, you know, hope springs eternal, new path, new decision making, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's a good point to make. Curly, any thoughts before we uh, head on out? Yeah, I'm slightly less uh, enthused about the offseason. I know I've been taking that approach since the beginning of the pod. <laughs> I do apologize. It's just, you know, we, we, we've talked about it, you know, in person and on pods. You know, we saw, we saw this coming down. And if we are seeing it, surely they must see it as well. So um, I, I am encouraged that we have some intriguing two-way guys, I think, that is encouraging. We have Grady Dick now, another intriguing player. So I am excited about our youth. Sorry, my puppy's making an appearance. Okay. Yeah. And um, I think that now we are forced to make some of the tough decisions that we've been delaying for quite some time, whether it's trading Pascal, trading OG, whatever it, it may be. I definitely think that Freddie's departure is forcing their hand and I think they've been operating on cruise control since the championship. So um, I'm intrigued to see what this front office is going to do. They're getting paid the big bucks. 
we know con um Masai's contract is incentivized. Let's hope they are incentivized to build a team for the future. So I'll leave it there. The bill comes due. I suppose that's as good a, a thing as any to leave off on. Fellas, thank you so much for joining me. My last one before I head off to, you know, across the pond. And uh, to the people listening, I think there will be two podcasts a week until the back half of August. And then Trey... Trey's taking over. Maybe you'll have something, maybe you won't, but the pod is squarely in his hands. Um, so thank you to all the listeners. I'm going to peace out on a little vacation. I'll still be writing. You'll still get stuff. But Curly, Trey, thanks for joining me on what is my last for a little bit. Guys, thanks. Listener, thank you. Video watcher, viewer, thank you. And whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.